0: Welcome to What Do You Think? I'm Al, and I have COVID.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay,
0: you. Uh, yeah. You yeah. decided.
1: You decided. You decided to go all out, huh? Fully vaccinated, all four boosters. Second time getting COVID. Let me be clear that it's not an anti-vax stance. I'm just, I find the situation to be that I'm in pretty funny. I generally don't feel that bad. Uh, minor cold, so if I sound nasally, that's why. And uh, a small headache, but I took on a leave, so I feel honestly fine. But it means uh, I'm a week out of work, which I'll be fine. It's just – it's annoying. I'll catch up on some old movies, I guess. (laughs) Right? Okay. So
0: just let the record show that uh, C is actually a giant proponent of the vaccine, stop your heart, and, like, turn you into, like, the uh, werewolf zombies.
1: You ever seen Altered States? It does that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great movie, by the way.
1: Oh, great movie. Or – if we written, ever do like a
0: series where we review older movies, that has to be one of them. Written by one of your favorite authors, Patty Chaveski. I Chepesky. know.
1: I'm aware. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm aware. Because what else did you write? Um, Network. Yeah, Network. Which, I remember you were when I told you I hadn't seen it. You like, were so surprised, and you refused to accept it as fact. And then when I finally did, I just, I think I called you or texted you and I said, I finally saw a network and you were like, right? Question mark, exclamation mark. And well, like, well, yeah, yes, it was everything okay. I wanted it to be. Okay. So. And you had known me for quite a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Any, anybody who meets C and gets a sense of the types of films he likes, he's primarily, <laughs> he's primarily a writer. So writing has always been his jam. And when when you tell, like, you look at him and you're like, oh, this writer guy, one of his favorite movies has to be Network. So when he tells me, like, oh, I've never seen it. I'm like, wait, you haven't seen what is arguably one of the best written films of all time. OK,
1: I guess. Like, like, it was just a shocker to me. I will a, a, say first time I saw it was on the big screen, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of the seeing
1: best. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore on a big screen it's amazing yeah but it is not my favorite screenplay for a movie it's it's like my second or third but it is not my favorite my favorite is um groundhog's day or groundhog I, day
0: i i was for sure thinking you were gonna say freddy got fingered but uh groundhog's- well no i mean it's either that or movie 43 <laughs> <laughs> See, this well, is no. how this is how I know you haven't seen Movie 43 cuz Movie 43 is actually an anthology film.
1: Oh, no, I know that cuz the tr- uh, cuz I have seen it. I'm aware it's an anthology Wait. that took years to make.
0: Why did you see Movie 43?
1: I was at home for the holidays. It was I was up late and I I kept, it kept popping up in my recommendations even though I knew it was supposed to be horrible. And I finally was like, "You know what? Let me see if I can just Let me just watch – you ever watch something bad because it's just – you just want something on and you don't want anything complicated? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean,
0: there there are some films that I hear are so bad that I'm like, I'm not even going to put it on as background noise because it'll just, you know, annoy me. Yeah, I got
1: halfway through it and then I I stopped. But I got the gist. It's just – The weird thing is that
0: everyone that directed a short in that has made a good movie –
1: no, I know that's the thing. Is they all made these shorts, and it took many years to make because over the years they did diff- they made these different shorts. And I'm just wondering yeah. what like led to like okay,
0: if your whole thing is like we're gonna make a comedic anthology film, and you you know what 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 the, what the fuck are we doing, C? We should be so, talking. Uh, you no, know, I know, and we'll get
1: to it. We'll get to it. I just want to say, as far as movie thirty three, apparently what happened is they. It started off as one th- it started off as one anthology project that had a specific theme and then that died and then they tried to do it again but adjusted the theme and then that died. And then the third time around they're like, well we have all these random fucking shorts with some pretty big names. What do we do with them? Like there's got to be something here and that's and they did Mo- Movie 43. Anyways, mm. you're right, Al. What are we doing here? Okay, so
0: the topic of discussion today. BB be, be, baby. Be, before we got we got uh, sidetracked by COVID and fucking movie 43. <clears throat> um today we are reviewing uh A24's latest film, a South by Southwest darling, uh Bodies, Bodies, Bodies.
1: Bodies, bodies, bodies.
0: So, um I <laughs> All right. I just refuse to start this conversation with, well, like, I refuse to start this conversation (laughs) with, like, your thought, like, what are your thoughts on Pete Davidson? No, we're not going to do that. (laughs) We're not
1: going to do that. We're not going to do that. Listen, listen, listen. I have to admit, I liked uh, King of Staten Island. I did. I did.
0: I did. I, I liked it too, but I liked it more for Bill Burr and Marissa Tomei than Pete Davidson. In fact, I thought he was kind of the weakest thing in it, but that's, that's just me personally. Well, because,
1: you know what? Here's the thing. Pete Davidson, here's my—you here's. You don't want me to talk about him, but I'm going to do it anyways. Sure, Pete, sure. Pete Davidson plays himself. So if you don't like him as a person, you're not going to like his performances. But if mm-hmm. you vibe with him as a person— you're going to love his performances because I think it's even, it, no, I think actually our friend Jay said this. He is the Gen Z Andy Sandberg. Well, here's the thing. I never thought, okay. He embraces the depression because well, oh, oh, that okay. seems to be the unifying factor among Gen Z. According to them, I'm not saying that it's from what I'm hearing. Okay. All I'll say is this.
0: Having grown up with Andy Sandberg and uh the, the digital shorts and, and the lonely island. Andy Sandberg was never like gratingly annoying. Pete Davidson comes off as not only annoying, but just very arrogant. You know?
1: Arrogant. That, 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 that's I get. Just me. I'm just I just I don't hate him like a lot of other people. That's the thing, a lot of people in my friend group do not like him. And I don't dislike him.
0: Okay, I I, I don't like his stand-up, and I think his public persona is grating in all the wrong ways. Well, then, yeah, you're not going to like him. But, I mean, some of the projects he's been in, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed King of Staten Island. Um,
1: We know he has good taste because his favorite movie um, at one point for a long – well, his favorite most recent movie that came out is uh, Uncut Gems. In fact, he has a sign – remember when Uncut Gems did those basketballs that that said Uncut Gems on it? Yeah, so he has one of them, and it's signed by uh, the entire or the, all the major cast of that movie. And yes, you know who I'm thinking of as well.
0: Yeah, uh, I would say he might have good taste in movies. He does not have good taste in uh, tattoos. He, no. He he got a he got a tattoo of Hillary Clinton's name on his body. He has a tattoo of Kim Kardashian and all her kids on his body. This okay. This guy mm. is the definition of like impulsive. Asshole, I guess, but anyway, no, he's impulsive. Anyway, I, I would say that the best way to approach discussion on bodies, bodies, bodies is mm, you know what? Play the trailer, yeah. that's actually a good introduction. Well, actually, I was gonna say, um, do you find Gen Z? For those who haven't seen you you'll you'll hear the trailer in a bit, but what are your thoughts on the argument that Gen Z is just it's fi- just a insufferable generation, an uh, insufferably nihilistic generation that's very self-centered?
1: I don't agree with it because here's the thing, every previous generation does it do, shits on the ne- the next generation like it's their goddamn job, and I didn't appreciate it as a millennial, so I don't think Gen Z is appreciated either. So I will not shit on them. I will say that I don't think I fully get with the, with the sentiments of Gen Z, but here's the thing. If, you find, if you've ever found a short TikTok video or in the millennial days, short Vine video funny, guess what? You identify with some of the humor of Gen Z, right off the bat. And there is no one, there is no millennial in the world that hasn't found at least one TikTok slash Vine video funny. So if you enjoy at least one of those, you can jump off that point. Now let me be clear. I do not have TikTok and I never will have TikTok. Why? I'm 30. But um, I don't find Gen Z insufferable. I think they are, unfortunately, they've grown up with a lot of very insulating and almost suffocating shit. So plus they're the only generation fully born into the internet. Millennials like you and I, Al, you remember when the internet sucked, right?
0: The first time I got on the internet was in 2003. So I don't okay. know necessarily if that sucked or not. And I guess but this showing you didn't. Okay. So you didn't have the
1: internet till 2003.
0: Um, and I guess this is showing my age, the, First website I ever got on on the internet was cartoonnetwork.com to play flash games.
1: Oh, I did the same thing. It wasn't my first, but I did. I was that was an early one for me. My point being is Al is that you're from the moment your first. The internet is not a part of your earliest memories, right? No. But for Gen Z, it is. Yeah, that's true. And there's so if you are on a space. That is everything, everywhere, all at once right now, which I guess that's a reference to our older review, but hey. Our first review. I said our first. Yeah, it's our first. Oh, damn. Okay, wow. But my point being is that if you grew up with access to a box that gave you everything, everywhere, all at once and not in like a organized or proper way, you'd be a little depressed too. Or at least a little like bummed out by some shit. Um, I so guess. I think that's part of it, and it's kind of like why how you look at boomers who, you know, how you told me boomers like they they're the most easily susceptible to like Facebook fake shit, right? Didn't you yeah. tell me that? Yeah. So the reason is, so zoomers and boomers, I I'm I'm convinced there's a reason why zoomers and boomers, like have the similar name there, is because they do have one similarity: all hail the holy gl- blue glow. Of the screen, because the boomers, the TV was automatically trustworthy. So therefore, if the TV is trustworthy, the computer's trustworthy. Fa- anything you see on Facebook is fr- trustworthy. There's no separation there. Zoomers at least can separate it, but once they separate it, they realized they just it made them sad because it was almost. I don't know, you see any anime where the villain hooks himself up to a great mind computer and he goes, it's too much, it's too much. Well, unfortunately, the Zoomers feel that way too. So do I agree with all their sentiments? No, I don't. I don't think I can fully, nor do I like have their taste or style. But I, I'm not going to shit on them because I understand why they're many of them come off as sad.
0: Mm. Um, I, I really don't have much commentary to add. I will say that I, whether it come from Gen X, Boomers, or even us, the Millennials, I, I don't believe in the caricature of Zoomers of Generation Z that has been created of them. Basically, that they're like these super, like, woke, maliciously woke, um, super shallow and, like, an undercurrent of nihilism in their character as, a, as an entire generation. Um, that being said, while I don't believe that caricature is accurate, the caricature itself that's presented in media really grinds my gears. And I mean really, really grinds my gears. It's like, th- there has been so many instances where someone says, oh, you should watch this show or watch this movie about Gen Z. And that caricature always ends up being presented, and I'm always like, "No, thanks, I I can do without that." Because you know, I feel like if if I were to even take five minutes of that, I would either want to stab my eyes out or want to stab someone else's eyes out. Uh, so I euphoria been, is a good example of this. I I tried I tried watching <laughs> euphoria, and honestly, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly, after after <laughs> the first. <laughs> Isn't that like this song? Yeah, something like that. After the first three episodes, the first thing that went through my mind was, everyone here is like the worst human being imaginable. Absolutely everyone is like a god-awful human being. And I thought to myself, like, no, if, if this, like, listen. Isn't like the
1: main, one of the main dudes, like an actual psychopath?
0: Like, he's a psychopath gang rapist who looks like a fucking Calvin Klein model. And
1: and Sorry. and they're, they're, that's not it, funny, but it's the way you said it was funny. It,
0: it's it it's bad. And and listen, I'm sure everyone says that like, "Oh, the actors in that show are so good." I would guess so. I've seen Zendaya in a lot of things.
1: Yeah.
0: I, and she appar- was great
1: in the 15 minutes of Dune Part 1 she was in. And that's appar- unfair, but
0: true. And apparently like uh, the chick who plays
1: like the the biggest slut, Sydney Sweeney. No, she's uh, great. Because no, I, I here's her, the only reason why I know she's great. Did you see White Lotus? Uh, no, but I was getting to
0: that. That everyone Sorry. says like, oh, she's she's that actress, Sydney Sweeney, is going to be like the biggest thing since sliced bread. And I'm like, I guess the three episodes I the episodes I saw her in, I was like, I don't like you. Like, I I really don't like you. And um, the the goth chick, I'm like, I don't. I didn't like anybody on that show and I just stopped watching and listen for all the grief I give, I guess the millennial version of that type of show girls, (laughs) you know, the, the couple seasons I watched, I was like, you know, the women in this show are terrible people, but for some reason, the men in this show are really well written and compelling and I will never ever understand how the fuck did that happen. The, the girl is literally named girl. The show is literally named girls. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Lena Dunham. Uh, I, I, I can make a whole podcast episode about my confusion. We're not doing her, that. We're which not we're, not, doing we're, not, that. we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not doing but, that. But but, but circling back around. Circling back yeah, around. So,
1: God.
0: <laughs> yes, that the, the caricature we see in media, I'm not a big fan of, uh, to say the least.
1: Fair enough. And but you acknowledge that it's not that it's not accurate.
0: No, it's not accurate at all. Not yeah. at all. I I know I know a bunch of Gen Zers who are very sincere and very sincere people, you know, who don't hide behind a veneer of like shallow artifice
1: clothed, cloaked in nihilism. Well- it's like people always like pay attention to the loudest one in the room. And that's what the stereotype of every generation comes from. Not I, would, I would just say
0: that like outside of a few internet jokes, I just really don't understand where, where that image of Gen Z came from. But, but anyway, um, so when this trailer started, I, I remember I turned to you and I said, this is literally everything I could have ever hated in a movie about quote unquote Gen Z.
1: And I responded with
0: watch it be really good. And then uh, we found out that it was a, a basically a, a, and then there were none type murder horror movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm gonna watch this just because I want to see these horrible people die, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that's what led us to watching bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, I think it's like our second A24 film we've reviewed. Well, hold on, because um, everything, everywhere, all at once yeah. is A24.
1: Yeah. And
0: I can't think of any other A24. Well, I
1: thought, no, I thought Norton A24 didn't attach themselves to Northman. Did they? I don't remember to be clear, but I Okay, they, they
0: might have. They might have. I, I could be wrong there. So this might be, this is either our second or our third A24 movie. Which is kind of surprising
1: knowing the kind of movies we've been gravitating yeah. towards.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, because obviously we don't get paid for this podcast. We're not, we don't obligate ourselves to see every movie that's released. And I, funny enough, I, I also think that's why we don't have as many panned reviews as we do. We, no,
1: because we just pick the shit we are we have we want to see. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, which is really which. So, guys, in case, in case you're wondering, when we sell out, it's like, all right, guys, we're reviewing, uh, I don't know, uh, the lake, uh, the Lake House Two, or something. Or no. okay, so
0: we're reviewing Minions Five now. Yeah.
1: Here's but what we think.
0: Anyway. Brought
1: anyway, to you by uh, Spuds Cola. I was gonna say uh, uh, Athletic Greens. No, well, you know, if we our first, first off, everybody knows the first uh, paid promotion you're ever offered is always pornographic, so it'll be like brought to you by Beaver Tips. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is that? Never mind. Wow. Well, all right, so sorry uh, guys. So, so see,
0: I, I think we should probably start playing the. We should probably start playing the um, the trailer, don't you yes. think? Yes.
1: Um, yes. All right. Availle, him, 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 her, him, him. Bodies, 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 bodies.
0: Oops. Wrong one. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I, so I, could I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. you what that is? It, it's, what was it's,
0: that? it's a Twitter meme. It's a Twitter meme.
1: Okay. It was the
0: original bodies, bodies, bodies. But no, seriously, okay. we're, we're going to be playing the trailer now. I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry. to play bodies, bodies, bodies. Yes! Oh, oh my God. Does anybody have service? Yeah. yeah. Going on? I'm a hot girl,
0: pop girl, rich girl. Guys, I get so stressed out every time we play this. Someone always ends up crying. I
1: just wanna... <laughs> so how do you play?
0: Come if you draw the piece of paper that has
1: the X on it, you are the murderer.
0: Everyone else has to avoid being killed.
1: What is that? Xanax, you want one? Yeah. What is
0: happening? Our friend is dead. So if you could just like not escalate the situation, then I'm not escalating. You're holding the knife and you're moving your
1: hands while you talk. Ah, that's right. <laughs> That would be so fucking obvious if I were the killer. David. More. You're always gaslighting me. you fucking trigger me? You are so toxic. Relax, relax. You're silencing me. That all you got, motherfucker! Did you just fucking shoot me? I can't believe you're making this about you.
0: What are the features that you're bringing? Well, I just
1: look like I fuck. You know what I mean? Mm I look like I, f- I fuck,
0: and that's the vibe I like to put out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's the thing: it's actually a well-edited. Having seen the movie now, it's a very well-edited trailer because what they're pulling from every few seconds is quite a is quite varied, um, which that's that in a, in its own way is is pretty interesting.
0: Okay. So, uh, just to give a quick, uh, synopsis of the, of the film, basically, uh, basically a, a group of like 20 something year old friends, like from high school, I guess they're all rich. Let, let's start off with that. They're all rich. So they're all rich, but some, this... some are richer than others. And, yes. uh, and then a, a couple, uh, a pair are literally like the dates of, of, of two of the friends yeah. of, of this friend group. They all meet up at at one of the friends, like, I guess their house or their vacation house, their
1: mountain estate vacation house. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And uh, they they meet in there. Uh, Obviously, uh, one of the one of the friends, this uh, this this girl played by Amanda Stenberg. Who you guys might remember as Rue from The Hunger Games. She brings in her girlfriend, played by Maria Bakalova, who was from The Borat Two. She played she played his daughter. Um, it it's obvious that that they're kind of the odd ducks out. Like oh, there's some there seems to be some sort of weird bad blood between, uh, Amandla's character and the rest of the group. But anyway, so they all get together for this party. Uh, it starts a hurricane starts. Uh, the the electricity goes out. They decide to play a game called Bodies, 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 which is basically like a a play game of like, oh, someone's the murderer. We got to catch them. And uh, throughout the night, the game turns real and bodies start dropping like flies. Um, So that's pretty much the gist of it. Uh, And
1: And as Al said earlier, if you've seen, and then there were none, you've seen the same thing, which, by the way, fun fact, and then the if you and the clue the game like the actual game clue is based on the film and then there were none
0: mm-hmm. not a
1: lot of people know that but if you look at it it's all it's all connected there so if you okay. want to see the original version it's that
0: so the hook of this film is that these shallow rich woke or fake woke depending on how you look at it the, the these these useless rich 20 somethings played by you know, one of them is played by Pete Davidson, who we already complained about. Another is played by another f- pretty famous uh, Gen Z celebrity, Am- Amanda Stenberg. Uh, then we got uh, Rachel Sanot, who some people might remember from uh, that Netflix movie, Shiva Baby, which I hadn't seen, but it was like a big deal for a, for a while. Mm. Um, and uh, then uh, I, I don't know if she's a newcomer, but one of the friends is played by this actress, uh, Jordan, the friend Jordan. The one who in the trailer is waving the, the, the knife around oh, played yeah. by uh, Mah- Mahala Harrod. Uh, she's really good. And then we have, obviously, uh, Amantla's character's girlfriend, by, played by Maria Bakalova. And then uh, Rachel Sannot's character's boyfriend, played by the great Lee Pace. Who some people might know from pushing daisies, or as I know him from
1: the lead from The Fall. Which y'all, if you haven't seen The Fall, that movie that's it's an incredible film. Just to quite, say,
0: quite possibly Tarsim's best film. No, not quite possibly. It is his best film. <laughs> Let's be yeah, clear. it is his best
1: film. And here's <laughs> the
0: thing: the 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 chasm of quality between that and what many consider his second best film,
1: massive, uh, fucking Cell, <laughs> massive. massive. Yeah, massive. But in, in <laughs> anyway the ce- no two more seconds on this i'm sorry the, <laughs> okay. cell, the cell is a cult hit at best and the fall is a forgotten goddamn treasure let's be clear like more people whether they've seen it or not more people know about the cell hell i knew about the cell first and then i didn't realize he made something else and of course now i see then i saw the fall and it, okay the Fall is just a pure masterwork that will never give a, get enough praise. To put it lightly, yeah. go on. And, yeah, I also <laughs> love how this is this movie review is becoming us talking about other movies. Take the hint, audience.
0: <laughs> so, um, so the the main hook of this film is that the the titillation we're going to get from seeing these horrible people, or you know, horribly naive people, depending on your perspective. Seeing them get swatted like flies, you know, and that's kind of the hook of this movie. That's kind of its satirical edge of this movie. And so the question would be: Did that movie succeed in that? Did it? The movie succeed in in telling telling the the message or communicating the message it wanted to communicate or was attempting to communicate? And you know, if 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 it, if it had scares, this is obviously has a comedic bent. Did it have laughs? And were the performances engaging enough that you know you were on the edge of your seat throughout the entire runtime? So, did the movie succeed? Ultimately, is the question we're going to answer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See, let me ask you.
1: Sure. What
0: were your thoughts on the movie, and did you think the movie succeeded at what it was setting out to do? <sighs>
1: okay, so so I kind of summarized my ex- expression of this film earlier in saying that. This film is a Gen Z version of And Then There Were None. Um, A
0: satirical Gen Z
1: version. A satirical Gen Z version, yes. It's a satirical Gen Z version. Which, listen, let me be clear. I'm actually really happy that murder mysteries are kind of becoming popular again. And, see, I know our opinions on this movie vary at different points, but Knives Out kind of did that a lot. Like, Knives Out came out, people liked it, and now, like, murder mysteries or or at least the concept of even a mystery is like getting bigger again. And I think that that is some much needed variety in the Hollywood spectrum, which I'm always happy to see. Um, So I was happy to see that this was something that this movie really was trying to be, be a very different take on a age old story. Not age old, but an older story, um, and I do think that that attempt is admirable. Really, so I. D- but having said that, did this movie succeed? Well, it depends what you thought this movie was doing, and I know you just described the the exact like intent of the movie and its edge and everything like that, but. I'm watching this movie, and I was trying to figure out, is this movie a murder mystery? Is this movie a critique on Gen Z culture? Or is this movie just meant to be a wild and crazy ride? So to that end, I would say that this movie was not a proper critique of Gen Z it was n- not a great murder mystery. But where it did succeed, it did succeed in one area very strongly that I didn't expect. And that was that it had genuinely, in my opinion, really great performances. Just really impressive uh, takes from the actors. Even from actors we may not appreciate. Um, Like all all the girls were great in their own way. Now their writing they were given to work with maybe not have been top notch um, because at the end of the day it's just we realized something we already knew which was that they were horrible people. We already knew that going in but I will say that the actors were able to deliver some of these what could have been really bad one-liners in an actually impressive way. So what I'm saying is this movie was very middle-of-the-road for me because I liked what it did right, but I was really disappointed by what it did wrong. So that kind of made me reach this middle-of-the-road point where I'm like, yeah, I had fun with the actors in it, but overall, it just wasn't as good as it could have been. Or that's And that's my one other thing I'll say. I try not to look up reviews before I see a movie. But, and I think Al will attest to this, for some reason, for like the week, for one week, Twitter lost its goddamn mind about this movie. Like went crazy for a week and then stopped. So I think, but I kept hearing reviews calling this film like fucking brilliant. So I couldn't help but think, oh, we're about to see something really cool.
0: Like, like, a, like a film for, like a film made for a generation
1: Yeah, no, it was being... They were calling it the Gen Z Scream. And I'm like, really? Because Scream, I think you and I agree, is an amazing take on movies of that era. That's what that is. And so everyone was calling this like, oh, this is the new Scream. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm getting ready for... Which is
0: weird because like, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is trying to be a social satire. Yeah. Whereas Scream was satirizing... A genre horror
1: yeah um, was, was satirizing a genre and the only way it was satirizing culture at the time was it was satirizing our cultural obsession with that horror element yeah but that's really all it was doing yeah like like bodies bodies have
0: had like has like a higher a quote-unquote higher higher aim right like it, it's but aiming in that for something aim, more.
1: It miss. It it falls. Oh no! I totally agree. It or it doesn't fall. But here's the. Thing. It falls, but it doesn't like. So it's climbing this incredibly steep cliff of trying to be better than Scream, in my mind, because that's what some reviews are. Not better than Scream, but as good as Scream. So it doesn't do that. It falls, but when it falls, it doesn't like crash and burn. It does catch itself. Maybe breaks its arm. So it's because yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's that. OK, so yeah, um, middle of the road, but very in very with very contrasting problems and positives. OK, me.
0: Le- let me let me let me kind of give my input. Yeah. Um, so you read reviews that was comparing it to Scream.
1: Yeah,
0: I read a review that was comparing this film's aims towards Gen Z What Get Out was doing with American views on race. Stop. Who said that? Oh, I'm trying to pull it up now, but I can't seem to find it. Uh, Now, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: Uh,
0: Whatever your thoughts on Get Out, Get Out had a very, very, very clear direction on its thoughts on race in America. Very clear. like There was like, no confusion. Yeah. Very clear and very well thought out. No matter your opinions on the movie as a whole, that cannot be debated. Now, bodies, bodies, bodies. So, uh, this looks like it's the first screenplay by writers Sarah Delap and Kristen Rupenian. This is like their first, like, produced screenplay. I don't know if they're gen zers i doubt it um they might be i don't know i genuinely don't know i can't seem to find any information they're not. on them but i i have absolutely no idea what exactly bodies 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 is trying to say about zoomers i i have a i have a good idea of what it's saying about this particular friend group about this particular type of people um but I have no idea what's exactly its social message is, if you can say that. Um, and I, I think a big part of that has to do that the film f- doesn't feel very well structured. That, that, that was like my first thing that I was picking up on. Um, so this, this all takes place in one location. Uh, the uh, editing sucks. Sorry, that was my other thought. <laughs> so this all takes place in one location: a big ass house, a big ass mansion owned by Pete Davidson or owned by Pete Davidson's character's dad. Let, let mm-hmm. me be clear: now, Pete yeah, Davidson the, doesn't know the, that shit.
1: The, well, also, his dad. There's no way his dad could own that for reasons we know why. Yeah. Um. Uh. The so. So
0: it's all in one location and you would think that because you don't have to the logistics of moving to different location to location is so much easier now that it's just one big house you <laughs> I would you would, about this. you would think okay <laughs> this is going to have a very 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 good sense of geography
1: mm. it does not like <laughs> Very clearly multiple locations used for a singular house, which I'm fine with, to be clear that, I'm that, not saying that's inherently bad. Put, thing. It, put, it, put it to put it to you this way. You have no
0: idea what room is in is relationship to any other room. You're like, I'm like, that's a basketball stadium. <laughs> it's yeah. So or, funny. or you're like, that's like a, that's like a little, that's like a mini museum. Like you're just thinking like, how big is this house? And what, what direction are they? This film is, in terms of geography, the structure is just really bad in in terms of everything. The structure is just really loose. Um, this, the story feels okay. So there are certain types of films, especially independent films, uh, films with really tiny budgets where, you know, instead of painstakingly recreating life, to tell their story which involves you know having very detailed sets, very detailed costuming, very precise camera work, you know, putting in the work. What they do is put the camera on the shoulder rig and just kind of have people not improvising but but just kind of doing mise en scene like just talking not really moving the plot along just to kind of make it feel like you're watching real people you see this a lot in small budgeted independent films mm-hmm. um you know it'll be just a bunch of people talking uh, uh richard Linklater kind of perfected this and he's kind of the only guy who does it really well where you're just seeing people talk and chill and you're
1: i'm sorry that there's ma- a film called rachel getting married that does it really well too sorry oh yeah uh
0: jonathan demi I mean, the man's a genius. God rest his soul. And, you know, he does a great job. Uh, but, yeah. So, this film does that. Um, because, you know, it, it doesn't have all that money, much money to spend. So, for a long time, you're just, like, in the middle of a room. Watching people passively, aggressively talk at each other. Past each other. Or to each other. And it's... Like, you're just... Like, the entire first act is just amandla and maria bakalova their characters like being awkward around the rest of the friend group for reasons we don't really know why and oh something i'm going to mention as well uh that's like the whole first act and the camera's just kind of lingering around catching people talk catching ends of conversations here and there and i guess it's supposed to feel like captured like cinema verite realism but instead it just feels lazy and aimless and what what exacerbates that even more and see this was the first thing we taught or one of the first things we talked about as we left the movie theater
1: mm-hmm.
0: when this movie starts out it starts off with uh amandla stanberg's character and maria bakalova's character making out because they're a couple and, you know, they have expositionary dialogue talking about how, like, they've only been dating for, like, what was it, three months, four months? I thought it was two. Two months. They haven't been dating long, you know, and uh, Maria Bakalova's character is, like, apprehensive about meeting her girlfriend's friend group, but whatever, right? And once once she, she meets them, uh, she's introduced to them. She's like, oh, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. Th- they introduce themselves by their names. And then when this happened is when I know like, Oh God, this movie is already not doing a good job. I had outside of Amanda Stenberg's character and Pete Davidson's character, which she says, Oh, he was like my best friend since elementary school. And I had a crush on him before I realized I was a lesbian. We have absolutely no idea what's her relationship with the other three girls like the other three girls in the friend group jordan uh jordan emma and alice like did they meet in high? are they high school friends are they college friends how how are they friends with pete davidson's character like we don't understand what's going on there's a guy named max and we have no idea what like how they know each other what their relationship is like All we know is that Pete Davidson and Amanda Stenberg were friends since elementary school and the film doesn't care to explain or clarify the relationships between the other characters. We know, we know Emma is Pete Davidson's girlfriend, but we don't know if they've been dating since high school. If they've, if they're a, a newish couple, we, we, we don't know much about, we don't know like how Jordan knows this group. We don't know how Alice knows this group. Uh, we know that Alice is dating this older guy played by Lee Pace. Um, but that's it. And you're just wondering like, like for, for a moment I was like, okay, Alice and Pete Davidson's character are siblings because they have a scene like just themselves. And they're very familiar with each other. But then I realized, no, 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 they're, I, I, they're not siblings, but I I don't know what their relationship is. I, I don't know. I don't know why Pete Davidson hangs out with these girls outside of his girlfriend and outside of a mob, a mandless character. And that's an indictment on the writing when you you're introduced to a friend group and you're like, I don't know. How, I don't understand the relationship between all of you. I'm just kind of thrown in the middle. Also, and, there's another friend who left the night before yeah, that we the, never the, Max really the Max guy, the uh, Max guy. We, we know that Max said something the night before that, that, uh, that pissed off Pete Davidson's character but we don't even know how Max and Pete Davidson know each other. Like we're, we are like, these guys are friends. Okay. So what are their relationships? You know, are, are some like newer friends, older friends Did some become friends when they started dating. someone? there in are the no group? context clues, no context. Right. And at first I was like, okay, I guess the movie wants to put us kind of in the same confused my, mind space as Maria Bakalova's character, who, who's, whose name is B, you know, and, and she's also a foreigner in the film as well. You know, um, she's Eastern Europe. She's vaguely Eastern European and, um, and she, she apparently went to a nearby college, but then it just became apparent that the movie just, there was no reason for it. The movie just was like, okay, these guys are friends. All right. I kind of need more than that. Oh, no time. And you're like, well, no, there's plenty of time. We're just meandering around the entire first act. And the movie's like, no, 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 there's no time. There's no time. We're crazy horror Horror genre, tropes and uh, and uh, techniques, and I'm like, well, where? <laughs> the That's the other thing. The movie went by very fast, but took a while. Yeah, like the movie's not long. It's only um, it's only well, it's an hour and thirty four minutes, which mm. it's kind of more on the shorter That's, end.
1: Yeah, shorter end of standard length.
0: Yeah, but the entire first act, we're all we're not given context of who these people are. We're just shown them being shitty to each other in various in various levels of shitty. And I, I'm not trying to find excuses for the film, but I, I'm just trying to get into the, the filmmaker's headspace of why they did this. I'm thinking that they're like, we just want to show these people being shitty so that when people start getting murdered, the audience is with it, which a lot of slasher movies in the 80s did. You know, mm-hmm. those teenagers were such assholes that you didn't mind that Freddy or Jason or Michael killed them.
1: And to that extent, the movie does succeed a little bit. Now, that being said, I,
0: I genuinely don't feel like that's what the movie was trying to do. I, I feel like the movie just was like, okay, the entire first act is is Maria Bakalova's character seeing how shitty these this friend group is and, you know, and being confused. And I'm like, well... I'm more confused than annoyed, you know? I'm not in her headspace. I'm just annoyed with these characters, and I already don't like them. Um, Ironically enough, and, and here's the other thing. In the entire first act, the only person who gets any, any sense of character development is, ironically, Pete Davidson's character. He's the only one who—he he basically goes from, like, this obviously insecure dude— This obviously insecure dude with this again against like a friend's older boyfriend. Like he's obviously very insecure about it, and he goes from like pretending he doesn't care to actively being an asshole towards Lee Pace's character. That's the only development that happens in the entire first act. Everyone else is just they're being shitty, or they're being or they're being a victim of someone being shitty, and they could all pretty much be the same. Emma, Alice, Jordan, and Sophie, uh, Amadla Stenberg's character, they can all pretty much be the same like passive-aggressive bitch, right? The only people who are different are Lee Pace, who's like this chill 40-year-old guy. But who's kind of giving off a weird creepy vibe. Who's giving off weird creepy vibe. Pete Davidson, who's going from like, oh, I don't care, I'm a rich guy, to like, I'm trying to puff up and try to assert my masculinity against Lee Pace. And B, who's like, I'm just kind of a confused wallflower. And and that's like I'm I'm sorry. If a third of your movie's that, I'm I'm already gonna be looking at my watch thinking, okay, when are we getting to the good stuff? The stuff the trailer promised me. And see, let me ask if you'll agree with this. Did you not feel like the trailer had almost all the satirical elements that that it was kind of like advertising that this movie was going to have.
1: No. Yeah. The def- the trailer definitely showed off the majority of what was coming except for one big one. No, no, that's true. There, I, I immediately
0: know which one you're talking about, but definitely after watching the movie, I thought to myself like, you know, all the best zingers were in the trailer. Most of the best zingers except one were in the trailer. Yeah, and, and here's
1: the thing that I have to, and I I, I know it's always weird. Like, like I, I know I sound like I'm the uh, ardent defender of this movie. I'm not. I'm just like I, I am acknowledging the movie's strengths where it had it, and that was that the zingers work. They are funny, but like, you've you seen most chuckle. of them in the trailer. Yes, yes. But what I'm saying is like, if you haven't seen the trailer and you, and I know we always play the trailer. What I'll put it this way. They're funny in the trailer, and they're funny in the movie, too. Yeah, like, yeah, they, you, you still laugh. And that's why I'm emphasizing that, like, these actors are very good in this. Because it's like, you watch this, and you're like... You, I laughed at the singers. I I did laugh. I have to acknowledge it. Like my favorite, my my two favorites in it were the one girl who's covered in blood and says, "You're toxic," and then the other one who's like trying to call 911 and they're grabbing her and she just keeps going, "No, stop! You're silencing me." It's like that's really funny.
0: That stuff is funny, and it's it's still funny in the movie. It's just such a shame that like what you see in the trailer is for the most part, what you get in the movie and you're like, wait, there's not any more. Like, you're like, Oh, the trailer is like teeing me up for like this biting satire of like, of like Gen Z culture. And you're like, Oh, all the quote unquote good pits were already in the trailer. Most of them anyway. Mm. Um, uh, Another problem I had with this movie was quite frankly. (laughs) So, I'm not... We're not going to talk about the ending. No. I, I, and, but, and here's the thing. Here, here's the thing that's really frustrating for me to say. I really like the idea behind the ending. I really, mm. really do. I think... Oh, there I, we go. I think it's very clever. And I think I, I both... I, unfortunately, the ending, the idea about the ending, the idea behind the ending... Is by far and away the strongest element in this film, even more so than the acting.
1: Well, do you think that's also what maybe frustrates you about this movie? Is that on like as a pitch? That, like if you were pitched beginning, to be, base, ascendance for the beginning, middle, and end of the movie, you'd be like, "That's a great idea," right? Well, well, if if I was pitched, if I was pitched,
0: obnoxious Gen Zers, blank, 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 blank. I'd yeah. be like, that's gonna be a great movie. That's yeah. gonna be an amazing movie. Yeah. And 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 the thing was, I was like, man, this movie's not that great. This movie's not that great. When the when the ending hits, the third act revelation happens. I was like, I love it. Oh my god, that's 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 so great. That yes,
1: but fuck me, the rest of the movie
0: was not that great. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know? Do you and, think that's what was giving it such high praise? Is because the ending is. It genuinely is a surprising ending. Like is that it's it's surprising
0: and very clever and and frankly says all that needs to be said. All that the the ending says everything that needs to be said or everything that the movie wants to say about Gen Z. The end the ending says it all. The ending is the thesis of the film. Mm. The problem is (laughs) the problem is and listen, Sarah DeLap and Kristen Ropinian can can proudly say we, we've had a film produced by one of the biggest or one of the most respected like like distributors. Independent distributors.
1: Indi- independent distributors in and the game. they were a huge hit at one of the biggest American film festivals.
0: Yeah. They can like, say that. They, they can say that and look at me and say, you're nothing. And I would agree. I'd say, yeah. Yeah. We, but, we run a shitty podcast. We're losers. Yeah. Fine. Great. We but, can go fuck
1: ourselves. But, but you know what?
0: But it really feels like They came up with an amazing pitch, an amazing third act twist, and just could not find within themselves the right story to tell, to tell that ending. They could not find it. So instead, they, the, the producers and the director, Helena Regen, who is a Dutch actress who actually worked a lot with, uh, Clarice Van Houten, the, the, the act the Dutch actors who played Melisandre in Game of Thrones. They worked oh. a lot together in Netherlands and her her debut was a was a Dutch film starring Clarence Van Houten called Instinct. And this is her English language debut. But it very looks like that the, the director and producers basically were like, you know, that ending is so goddamn clever. We really don't know what else to say say, so let the, let the first act be the camera just kind of watching these people be shitty. And then the second act's gonna be this very,
1: not lazily done. Do you done think she intended to make this movie in Dutch, but then got like some Hollywood money?
0: I, I don't know, cause I mean, I, I I don't know anything about Sarah DeLapp and uh, Kristen, uh, Kristen, uh, Kristen, what's her name? Uh, Kristen uh, Ropenian.
1: And neither do I. I like like like,
0: like I don't know if they're Dutch or if they're American. It seems like they're American, so. Um. All I know, all I know, is that like it really looks like they 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 just had a camera in front of actors who were told be shitty Gen Zers to each other, plus Lee Pace, an entire second act and first third act that's a very weakly done, and then there were none copy, and um you know and like like and kind of what you've alluded to see. The actors are obviously very game. They they want to be these shallow rich zoomers cuz it's fun to do that. Cuz it's fun to do that and it, it's fun it, Listen, I'm sure it's really fun to to play act being shitty people. But it's just so aimless and just doesn't really it it doesn't really inform narrative. Well, it does inform narrative in the most shallow of sense. but it's 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 pretty much like the script is just so weak and loose this is not a tight script this is not a tight script at all. no it's not this is a this is a solid first draft script not even that this is like a rough draft where you're like oh we really we still don't have a a well-constructed story here we need to we need to keep going um so many times this film is like plot revelation group, the surviving group members being shitty towards each other.
1: Well, I will say, cause it's, it, if I'm the writer I and I, if I, Oh no, sorry. If I'm not, I'm not the writer. If I read the script, I'd be like, okay, you need to figure out their back, the characters, backstories a little bit more. Yeah. I've got the gist of these two main ones here and this one here, but like, how are they friends? How do they know each other? And like, you need as the movie needed to decide how much they actually care about the background of the friend group. If you don't give a shit at all, then just acknowledge you don't give a shit. And, but it did this like halfway thing.
0: And honestly, the, the listen, and I get it in, in these type of who done it type movies, you're, you're supposed to only be in one location or one centralized location. Mm-hmm. But it really felt like, I, I really wish somebody had read the script and been like, I know you have it all take place in the house but you're putting so many rooms in one house
1: mm-hmm.
0: that i don't have i don't have nowhere near a good sense of geography and it's either and either this either is the biggest mansion in the united states or you're just like they're inside a house but there's also a basketball court they're inside a house but there's also like a mini like
1: art gallery it's they're inside that a house was weird and i i did look this up they shot this because they went to like upstate New York, I think, to do a lot of this. Yeah. And they did shoot, basically they did, they shot in two huge mansions, one like really modern one and one really old one. They shot in a tiny basketball court and they shot in a hotel, like an old hotel and a, some sort of gallery space. That's where they shot. So they shot five different places to for this one house. To, and, to and make the thing, this one house. And the thing is, it doesn't the house, at
0: times you're like, how big is this house? Or you're like, this cannot be the same area. The, 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 the
1: sense of geography is so bad. No, there are two moments where it's like this, like the it, the, the white noise sounds different. It's weird. It's like, yeah. And and ultimately,
0: in, especially in these type of whodunits, if you do not have a good sense of geography,
1: the the tension, half your tension is gone. You know what would have helped with that? With the with the So let's say they realized, okay, we can't make the geography better, but what they could have done is have the girlfriend get lost in the house in the daytime. Then we would have been like, Oh, it's confusing for them too. And we would have accepted it. And then I was like, okay, so this house is like
0: two stories, right? Okay. This house is obviously two stories. And then some of the rooms, the ceiling is so high that you're like, how could this be a two-story house? The ceiling's too high. Or it's just massive. And and that's that's just yeah, that's that's a problem. Um I I'm a firm believer that you don't necessarily need to have a quote unquote nice character for your, for your audience to latch on to. But I do feel that if you just make your characters s- such levels of god awful that you're eventually your audience is going to be like i don't care about any of these people you know and listen they some people might say well you said so yourself 80 slasher films did that to make you like seeing these teenagers get killed and i would say well very few of those 80 slasher films were objectively good a lot of them, quite frankly, were very bad.
1: Yes, a lot news of Newsflash
0: Newsflash people, most of the Friday the thirteenth
1: movies are actually sucked. quite bad. Well the thing is, the way it is, is that the first or second were always like great and then the rest sucked ass. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that
0: the thing is is that the character that seems obvious to be the quote unquote good character eventually shows such a outrageously dark side of themselves that you're like well I mean okay I I guess like like this movie makes it really hard to root for anyone it really does um at, I'm not going to say who but the more the most morally upstanding character is quite is quite frankly like a malicious liar right yeah and um and then like the second most likable and character. her reasoning
1: for lying is really not good.
0: Yeah. And then the, the second most quote unquote morally upstanding character is quite possibly like a sociopathic manipulator who, who basically brings everyone they're around with down. Like it's that bad. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and even the characters that the movie says like, but no, these people were actually good people. You're like, yeah, but before that, you made sure to make us feel very uncomfortable around them. What's what what the fuck? Mm-hmm. It's just
1: But then the ending is clever. And so there's that whole part. The
0: the ending is clever and here here's the thing that I love about the ending. The people the the characters involved in the ending. The way the way they receive the information <laughs> that reveals the, the true goings-on of the movie is so clever on so many different levels. It's saying so many different things, right? About Gen Z, about about Gen Z, about, you know, um the shallowness of society, the 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 kind of kind of like how how downward we've fallen as Western civilization that we're willing to do things for for very petty reasons. There's so many levels to it that I'm like it's great. It's such a good it, it's 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 well written, it's well acted, it's well shot. The the revelation is so well done. And then the 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 punctuation at the end of the movie is so perfect that I see I'm convinced th- this writing duo had came up with an amazing ending but for the for the life of them they could not find a movie they could not manufacture a proper movie to 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 have that ending go with they they just couldn't find one um I don't know if it's because they're new at this i I don't know i I, I literally don't know because i I don't know anything about these writers I don't know if there just wasn't the budget to tell the story that they wanted to tell which I mean I, I just don't know it's just it's just one of those things where it's like it's like you ever see a, a a bad movie or a mediocre movie, and you just see that diamond in the rough. You you yeah. see that you see that thing where oh, you're yeah. like, that's what got this movie greenlit. That's that's the thing everybody on this project believed in, and everything else just
1: they
0: they just couldn't find they just couldn't find something equal to that to attach to this movie. Sometimes it's a character. Sometimes it's a scene. Sometimes it's a it's it's pages of a script. See
1: what you're describing is how I felt when that Hugh Jackman movie came out about the fake memories and all of that. What was that called again? Uh, reminiscence. 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 I'm so pumped for the trailer, or I'm so pumped when the trailer comes out. Then the reviews come out and say that it's fucking awful, and I'm like, no, it can't be. And I'm watching this movie and I see the diamond in the rough. I see what this film could have been, how like really cool this could have been, but man, it just wasn't. So I know that feeling. And
0: that's what bodies, bodies, bodies is to me. The, the performances, the, the zingers keep you attached just long enough that you don't fall asleep or you don't just kind of, your mind doesn't wander. Um, because, again, I genuinely feel like every actor in this project went all in over what their character was and what they were trying to say with this film. Mm-hmm. But, ultimately, you know, a, a weak script, uh, directing that's just not very inspired for, like, the first three quarters of the movie.
1: hmm
0: You know, it. <sighs> this... Like, if I was, if I was Helena Rajan, I would have not have made this be my English language debut. I would have maybe make a proof of concept or something. Something just to be like, because the ending is that
1: I would have sold the script as a way into Hollywood or sold the idea
0: just because it's like the, the, the ending is so golden that you just can't attach a, a, a mediocre, barely passable movie to it. Um, if you're going into this thinking, oh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a biting satire on Gen Z, it's not. All the best satirical bits are mostly in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> it, this it, is true. If you're watching this to get like, oh, there's gonna be some awesome gruesome kills in this. There's not. That's not a spoiler. Like straight up, the kills in this movie aren't,
1: aren't crazy. Aren't like aren't like, Oh my God, they actually did that. No, maybe that's where they had to shave the budget down maybe they did intend to have really gruesome kills, but they couldn't. That yeah, would have helped actually, it's, you know, and it's crazy.
0: There's, there's nothing particularly gruesome in this movie. You know, this could have easily been a PG 13, except, you know, they say fuck a ton. And
1: they talk about some pretty adult subject matter.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you know, the, the, the kills are not gruesome.
1: No. Hell for the most part, this
0: isn't a this isn't a spoiler but a victim dies off screen well two actually die off screen oh that's right and it's like really you have a you have an r rating and you decide to just kill this person off screen are you serious right um yeah it's 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 just one of those things where i'm i I think to myself i thought to myself as i was watching this movie i was like this I, I don't see what the big deal was with Sundance or not Sundance, South by Southwest. And then I see the ending and I'm like, OK, I can totally see why people were really liked this, because the ending is that good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The, the ending is that good that you're like, ah oh, fuck me. That's that's clever. That's that's well done. That mm-hmm. that that's well done. So and it says so much. But
1: you know. so 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 I guess what I'd ask now is on our scale, what do you give it? Honestly, see,
0: this gets a meh from me. This is a this is a meh horror movie, with a pretty flush ending, but it's still a Mom. meh horror movie. Um, I I genuinely think that, you know, it has uninspired directing, in terms of camera work. Uh, I think the editing is not good at all because i had no sense of geography like i didn't feel like they were in a house i felt like they were just going from one room to another room to another room i never got a sense of scale like that stuff's important if you're trying to create tension because these characters are like well is the killer around the corner like did you ever get the sense that like oh that killer might be in the next room or that killer might be behind them you're like Well, I don't really, I I really don't know where this character is in relationship to everyone else. So uh, like no joke, there's a scene where they're in the kitchen and immediately a character walks out of the kitchen and then another character follows them. And then that character is in a bedroom and then a third character is in bed and they go like, where have you been? I've been here. Oh, and I'm like, wait, what? Excuse me. (laughs) I'm so confused now the the shining elements of this film are the, are the actors they they actually do give it their all and listen Pete Davidson is playing the Pete Davidson douchebag that he's expected to play um, I think he does a really good job leaning into the more toxic traits that his persona encapsulates mm-hmm. you know like this this like trying to prove himself to be tough and stuff and it's just not working um, the the stuff the humor that's there it's still f- funny you'll still laugh but the best stuff was mostly in the trailer so yeah yeah, this is a a meh horror movie with a flush ending for me
1: so I agree with your review but I'm combining those two the meh movie with the flush ending and the very good acting to just be a movie that it's a movie that you can have on in the background at a Halloween party maybe that actually might be a good setting for to just to just have it on there or at a similar party that this sort of movie takes place in, it's 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 uh, it's just a movie. It had some really cool things. I saw the diamond in the rough, but I just I couldn't. I I can't ignore the problems it has. W- that Al has very adamantly and correctly. Pointed out.
0: You know, you know, something else I forgot to mention. That oh, I, the only
1: other thing I wanted to mention, sorry, before I forget is I never understood why people don't like films that have been directed by the softy brothers seeing this. I now know what people who don't like that style of filmmaking see and it's chaos. It's just too, it was too chaotic,
0: aimless chaos. Something else I want to mention because I'm looking at the IMDB page and it's just been playing the trailer over and over again. Um, I mean, it, it's been a while since we saw the film, but see, I'm almost positive the trailer is much more colorful than the movie itself. Yes, like the trailer makes it seem that this movie is gonna have a bunch of neon colors, uh, inter- like with the with the with the you know the blacked out mansion Chiaroscuro. Yeah. Well,
1: they they, they, height- they heighten it up in the trailer.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's not really like that. It's it's pretty much a dull, dark movie. Uh, there's one scene that's red. But it's it's only one scene like Mm -hmm. like the trailer makes it seem this is like a neon colored horror comedy. It really isn't. It really isn't. It's it's not as saturated as the trailer or the poster makes it out to be. And that's a shame. That's that's a damn shame.
1: You know, I just it. Yeah, because that was part of the appeal in the trailer. Like, okay, cool. And okay because, you know,
0: because, you know, Euphoria kind of has that market covered where like, oh, dreamy neon color hellscape oh gen z but yep. yeah th- this film doesn't do that this film it, when you watch it this the cinematography God, i can't wait
1: for a marvel movie to be shot that way oh
0: <laughs> you just got visit you got visibly sick by that uh, listen i i don't mind the color scheme i don't mind it when the
1: safety brothers do it no because they they the difference is so the South brothers, they're very much the, you know, the, the gorilla style or the, they, they just go, they run and gun a lot. But the difference is, is they run, yes, they run and gun, but they rehearse like so much first before they go out and run and gun so that the precision is just right. Not That's just the that,
0: the every character in their film is super well-developed. Like very. they're, they're very well, th- th- those characters are so well realized that, that, you know, you just by watching the, one of their films, like for instance, watching Uncut Gems, uh, uh, you look at Howard, you know, the character played by Adam Sandler, you can make a lot of inferences over like, well, he was probably this type of husband. He's probably this type of, of brother-in-law, son-in-law, right? because the way he acts the 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 allusions he makes with his body or with his words and you would if you listen to the safety brothers you're like Oh yeah, he was like he like pushes his weight around to his brother in law. And you're like, I got that sense from the movie and the brother in law's resentful of that. That's why he's doing what he's doing in Uncut Gems. The Seder
1: like the good example is the Seder, it's it's more than just Seder dinner. It's it's one it's a huge holiday. But the Seder dinner they have, it says so fucking much in there. And that's all you needed. Uh, Yeah, and that comes from
0: rehearsal and developing the characters inside and out. That stuff's important. Oh, you yeah. know like even you know that especially when you don't have the budget to distract people with like explosions and robots mm-hmm. that stuff's important and i really like listen i'm sure i've never seen instinct and i'm sure helena rasion like will make a movie that will blow my socks off but man th- th- this, this is just a, a this was a film that needed a very strong directing hand a very clear vision on how to reach that jackpot of an ending but it didn't do it and unfortunately you know the movie suffers for it i i will bet money that this film will not be remembered I'm, I'm sorry i i know that sounds very callous but this is not going to be remembered even in the way something like the black phone will be remembered that like oh that's going to be a good ha- uh, halloween uh, uh costume no this this movie is going to have its you know, month in the limelight on social media and then people will forget about it. And it's entirely because it's, there's nothing really strong about it outside of that ending. You know, that's, and you know, again, I'm not trying to be callous. It's just, it's just the truth. Some Mm -hmm. movies disappear into the wind and they'll only ever get brought up when someone goes like, Hey, do you remember this movie that so-and-so made? Or, or do you remember this movie that, you know, this studio made? And like, Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, I
1: think what's going to be remembered about this movie, because I don't think I'm, I, I fully see that. I think this is going to be when people talk about A24 as a production company, they're going to be there's always those movies that A24 makes when it's like, oh, right, that's a, that was crazy or that's such an interesting thing they did or a weird thing. They did a weird thing. They did. And this isn't the here's, let me be clear. This is not the weirdest movie a 24 has made to be very clear, Mm -hmm. but it is going to be on that list of, Oh, right. They did do that. And Pete Davidson was in it. Oh, right. That was like, that's how it'll be remembered. Like in in that sense. Yeah. That's I think it'll be remembered. Like I,
0: I, I could not put it better myself. See, so, uh, Yeah. That's been our review of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Guys,
1: uh, Sandman's great. Go check it out. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> have Sorry, you, is, is it? Tra- Sorry, I was trying to make a joke. But yes, on a, on another, on a genuine note, I've thoroughly been enjoying the Sandman. I really okay. have been. Okay. Now, it is um, it's very Neil Gaiman. That's all I'll say. But what a shock. It's the Sandman. So... But just know that, um, and that's all I'll say. But definitely, with regards to The Sandman, if you finish the pilot and you're like, I don't think this is for me, just just give it the three-episode try. Just do that. Okay.
0: And I'm going to say, and C's yeah. he, probably going to be like, what the fuck, Al? So uh, Paramount Plus released a, uh, a miniseries about the making of The Godfather called The Offer. No, no. And no, listen. No. If if you no, liked the nostalgia no. bait that once upon a time in Hollywood gave you back oh in 2019, God. you're going to love the offer. We can It's a promo- bunch of no, we member- cannot
1: promote uh,
0: It's a bunch of member berries about n- the new Hollywood era of uh, filmmaking.
1: First of all, listen. They listen. picked the, the uh, they picked the wrong movie to make a move, make a show about. First of all, fucking apocalypse. Now they did a documentary about it. That's that's what they should have done. Okay. Not the goddamn offer. There is. You realize season two is going to be the making of the sequel. I don't know. The third season is going to be the making of the third shitty. one.
0: I I don't know. All I know is this. The first, the first like three episodes has a recurring subplot about the making of love story starring Ali McGraw. Uh Uh-huh. Holy fuck. The actress they got, she she's, she's not in it much. She's not a main character or even a secondary character. She's more like a tertiary mm-hmm. character, but the actress they got to play Allie McGraw, who was also Robert Evans' girlfriend at the time. Yeah. You're like, Holy fuck. That's Allie McGraw. Uh, the, the guys they got to play, like they got, um, one of the, they got one of the main character, one of the main actors of Grey's Anatomy to play Marlon Brando Holy fuck No,
1: seriously um, I, I can't support the promotion of this show When I heard they were doing this I was like I was just confused Again, again
0: If you liked the member berries given to you In Once Upon a Time in Hollywood You're sure. gonna like the offer uh, I, that, And that, That's all I'll say That's all I'll say uh, you
1: know? Alright, well on that note um, This has been What Do You Think? I'm Al I'm C Take care. Good night, everybody.